Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me, continuing our position group previews. If you missed them, we've got four up already. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. With, with all four, we are looking at the biggest strengths, biggest question marks in our eyes, and then we're each taking a shot at a prediction for the room for the 2022 season. This one's going to be offensive line. We're going to keep the same format. Uh, taking a look at a, at a group that brings back three starters from the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line last fall, a group that, that really emerged late in the season, especially. I felt like the, the games against Penn State and Ohio State were just true statement games that any anyone who's played offensive line for Michigan. I feel like they've already mentioned how much, you know, it brings like a twinkle to their eye uh, to see the the physicality, the tenacity. So they returned three starters, left tackle, Ryan Hayes, left guard, Trevor Keegan, right guard, Zach Zinter. They, they have Trente Jones and Carson Barnhart battling it out at right tackle. Seems like Trente Jones is, is winning that battle so far. Um, but both of those guys, both redshirt juniors, both, you know, six five, round three ten. A um, lot of lot of commonalities between the two in terms of their athleticism, their recruiting profile. So, going to be an interesting battle, but but feels like Michigan will be comfortable with both of them, with either of them being the starting offensive tackle. You know, against anyone in the country. And then they brought in a center, Olu Oluwatimi, out of Virginia. If you haven't talked to a Michigan fan lately, they will tell you happily that he was a Remington Award finalist last season, second team All-American by a few publications. So this is a this is a very strong starting five. Currently projected Carson Barnhart, Greg Crippen, uh, Giovanni El Hadi, and then probably Jeffrey Percy, based on what I've been able to track, are probably the four first four off the bench. Um, not a ton of experience with those guys, but but very good size. A lot of guys who were who were top targets for Michigan. So pretty well-stocked room, and there's plenty that we didn't mention as well. But for the sake of brevity, uh, Steve, let's start looking at the strength, you know, probably specifically to the, to the starting group. For me, it's run blocking. I, I think this group is going to mow people down. I think this group will actually mow people down better than last season. I don't know that Michigan will run for more yards or have – fewer tackles for loss because Hassan Haskins I think was a big part of Michigan's rushing yardage and, and ta- lack of tackles for loss last season I think he um even if the offensive line didn't necessarily block a great path for him he was able to get three yards seemingly every time he touched the ball but I really really like the strength uh really like the the run blocking capability and and you know last season Michigan averaged 2.4 yards before contact per rushing carry last fall, according to Pro Football Focus. That's actually the highest under Jim Harbaugh. So, so you know, you think about that 2018 offensive line, think about that, that 2019 offensive line that had all the, the NFL draft picks. Obviously, 2016's line, you know, they ran for a lot of yards that year, but it was, it was more because of the running backs than it was because of the offensive line. 2.4 is really good. Uh, you know, I guess for context, that, that – um, that was third highest in the Big Ten. That was top 20 uh, in the country. So it's a, it's a pretty good group. I think it can be even better this season. I think with Olu, I think his run blocking is, is elite. He was one of the best in the country last season. 
Uh, and then you, you think about the growth that Zach Zinter ha- can have, the growth that Trevor Keegan can have. You know, Ryan Hayes, his third season as a starter. I think this is a group that really is going to run the ball super, uh, super well. And so, yeah, it's, um, uh, it's, it's a powerful line. One of the best, you know, Mich- one of the best ways to measure it, Michigan averaged 5.9 yards per carry between the tackles last season. That led the Big Ten. Ohio State was second at 5.5, so 0.4 lower. The only other team that in the playoff picture that was above 5.5 was Cincinnati at 5.53. So this is a group that doesn't matter how big your defensive line is, doesn't matter how strong they are. I mean, you saw Wisconsin, positive yardage. They didn't set the world on fire running the ball in that game, but it was positive yardage. There were well-blocked, well-timed plays uh, that led to first downs. So I think this is a powerful offensive line, one that's very good at run blocking. Steve, what is your biggest strength for this offensive line? Obviously, there's plenty of strengths, but what's, what's one that stands out to you? I just think it's the interior of the line with the addition of Wolowatimi. I mean, a lot of reason to believe you know, Jones is someone Michigan, again, talk about guys Michigan's been excited about. Uh, Jones is a guy Michigan's been excited about for a long time. Barnhart has a lot of experience. Andrew Stuber was really good. Uh, I think Michigan will be okay at right tackle, whoever wins that job. But but And Vistardis really played well last year, too. Uh, finally healthy. I think that was one thing we really talked about a lot last year when people were uh, itching for somebody else to take that job was that uh, Vistardis was nowhere near healthy last season. Even with that said, though, I think the the jump from Vistardis to Olawatimi is is a significant one. And and yeah, like you said, uh, everybody knows he's a former or he was a Remington Award finalist last year. If he replicates that performance, which obviously he's capable of, and is is going to have more support across the line uh, to allow him, you know, maybe give him better opportunity, you know, maybe more one on ones, or you know, just make life a little bit easier for him then I think the ceiling for this unit might be even a little bit higher than it was last year. So, you know, I, I still kind of think Trevor Keegan, one of the more underrated guys on the team, you know, came in a couple of years ago, we talked about should have probably played earlier in his career, earlier than he did, um, you know, but was a really good player last year. And then Zach Zinter is kind of that another guy that, uh, you know, Michigan's talk about him like he was a shoe in to be a future pro basically before when he got on campus. I, I think as long as he continues the path he's on, I think he'll, that'll happen. So I think across, and again, no disrespect, not, not mentioning Ryan Hayes. I mean, Ryan Hayes has a chance to, I think a lot of NFL scouts are watching what he does this year too uh, closely, but I just like the way that the interior is built. I think they have some, like you said, the next four off the bench, um, you know, I feel better about the depth on the interior. You know, Greg Crippen is somebody that had a really good year last year as a fresh, true freshman. I know Michigan's still very excited about G.O.L. Hadi um, out of Sterling Heights. You know, this, he's entering his second season. Again, not a guy who played a ton, but I know, you know, Michigan really is uh, looking forward to seeing him, you know, play a bigger role down the road. So, you know, could be a situation maybe they, they can weather an injury there a little bit better, more than they might be able to on the outside. So I just like where the interior is at right now. And, and yeah, not only now, but just it feels like they're in a good spot uh, moving forward too. 
Yeah, I, I agree. In fact, my, um, my, when I wrote this story, I, I wrote a similar story a couple weeks ago, really going in depth on all the different questions and strengths and, you know, not just that, but also the key stats and everything about the offensive line. My biggest question mark was what is the ceiling of the interior offensive line? Because I think, I think that there is a scenario where all three of Michigan's interior offensive linemen are drafted. I think I really next year, I think there is a scenario where all three are drafted. I don't think that that's happening if the draft was tomorrow and, and Olu Olu would me part of why he went to Michigan instead of going pro with, you know, a, a Virginia degree in his back pocket with four years at the college level you know, under his belt is he only got a day three draft grade. I think he feels like he can become a, a you know, day two draft pick. And I, I think he can too. I think his, his strength, I think his, um, you know, the power that he blocks with. And I think if he can refine the pass protection, I think, you know, same, same for Keegan and Zinter, I think in a lot of ways, but they, they also have to show a little bit. I think another season, like the way they finished last fall could really help them. I think this is there's a scenario where this interior contends with the Wenu Ruiz Bredesen interior, um, which that that year was it 2018. It's one of the best in the country. So there's certainly certainly a high ceiling there. My other biggest question mark, I I I do think the pass protection is something I'm very curious about. I don't know that it's a major concern. It's hard to say that when the offensive line only allowed what seven sacks last season. So, so I can't, can't sit here and say, Oh, I'm not sure about it. But I do think that, you know, if you think about quarterback pressures, which is a stat um, that's, that's growing more into the mainstream, I, I pro football focus probably tracks it the most consistently. Um, but according to their metrics last season, there were 350, uh, 356 qualified power five offensive linemen who played enough snaps in pass protection and in pressure rate allowed, Stuber was 91st. Uh, he was very good. Bastardus was 205, kind of middle of the road. Zinter, Keegan, and Hayes were 228, 276, and 324. Remember, that's out of 356. You don't have to buy into that. I mean, you think about the strength of competition. You think about you know the fact that you know there's different types of pressures. There's a guy maybe getting by you late before Cade McNamara throws the ball away. And then there's, you just get the, the doors beaten off you. But I do think that there's room to grow in pass protection. And I think it's a question Michigan will have to answer uh, probably by mid-October. I think Penn State usually has a good pass rush. I assume Indiana and Iowa will be serviceable in that department. So they have time, but I do think that is one area where I have a question about. And, and Oluwatimi, by the way, was 132nd in that, that pressure uh, rate that I, that I cited out of 356. So he's pretty good. I, I do wonder, you know, I, I would assume the Big Ten is, is tougher than the ACC when you don't face NC State, you don't face Clemson, which Virginia did not last season. But I, I, I think the, the group is... They're better than those numbers suggest at pass protection. Um, and so it's just a matter of, you know, if, if they do switch who their quarterback is or they, you know, maybe Cade McNamara, they ask him to stay in the pocket and, and take more of these shots downfield. Do, do the sacks start to amount or, or stifle 
uh, Michigan's momentum because they only allowed seven sacks last season, but the offensive line, you know, the starting five that I cited allowed 89 pressures. So you want to talk about how good Cade McNamara was avoiding sacks. 89 pressures, but only seven of them turned into sacks. Think, think Michigan's offensive line can do better. I, I don't think they did bad last season, but I do think there's a next rung. That's a question that I'm curious about because, again, very experienced offensive line. I think it's a very athletic offensive line. You know, I don't think they have anyone who's too short or doesn't have long enough arms or isn't big enough or, or isn't quick enough. You know, I think they have all the, the physical traits. I think it's just a matter of the technique, you know, not, not giving up on a play or, or giving some slack to the, to the edge rusher. Uh, and then the communication and chemistry, you know, is something that I think, I think improved over the course of last season. And now it's up to them to, to kind of keep building that heading into 2022. Steve, your biggest question mark about this offensive line? Yeah, not, maybe not one of concern necessarily, but I am kind of curious to see what happened, like at right tackle, what happens to the, I guess the second place finisher, you know, in that job, uh, are they a liability to transfer and try to start somewhere else? Uh, you know, and I think you and I talked before, maybe not the best time to enter the portal right now, but also, you know, I, these are guys that would be starting at a lot of other schools across the country, not just, you know, some many, many power five programs would, would want either one of these guys. So, you know, you just wonder about it. I, I kind of become curious about just the attrition factor on the offensive line, because there are a lot of names uh, and only so many spots to go around. So where's that pecking order at the end of the fall, you know, particularly at tackle and you know, who's, who's battling, who's maybe lagging a little bit behind there uh, because it's an inevitability, maybe not either of Jones or Barnhart, but an inevitability at some point that they're going to be guys that are going to move on. I think we said, how many, how many scholarship linemen they have right now? It's like, Uh, it's over a dozen. Yeah. Probably getting close to 20. And, and you mentioned the inevitability. I mean, think about last year was, you know, Chuck Filiagas was a starter transferred to Minnesota. Zach Carpenter was a starter transferred to Indiana, I believe. Yes. Um, Nolan Rumler. I can't remember where he transferred, but he was kind of a guy that, you know, there are more spots. There are more offensive linemen on the roster than there are spots in the offensive line over the next two or three years. And, and I don't blame players if they grow impatient and say, Hey, I could go start somewhere else instead, instead of waiting until my fourth or fifth season to be a starter. So a little bit of inevitability and definitely something to be curious about. Yep. So yeah, it's kind of my thing. A little bit more about the, just the general pecking order at the end of camp and, and, who's separating themselves in that second group, uh, particularly on the outside. Yeah, I think, I think that's a, that's something I'm curious about as well. All right. Last bit here for this, for this episode prediction time. I, I struggled with a true prediction. Um, I think the offensive line is going to be, I, I, all right, actually here's my bold prediction. Michigan will not win the Joe Moore award. They will not, have as great of stack and tackle for lost numbers as last season, but the offensive line will be better and more consistent than it was a season ago. And I don't know how you can measure it other than awards and stats, 
but but just I I test. I think this offensive line will be better than last season. I just think without Hassan Haskins, with presumably JJ McCarthy playing a a higher role than he did last season, so you have less of Cade McNamara's ability to avoid sacks. I think the numbers will look worse, but I think the offensive line will be better. I think I, I'm expecting uh, breakout seasons from Trevor Keegan and Zach Zinter. You know, I know there hasn't been a ton about the offensive line in fall camp, but I think that's just the nature of fall camp. I think I, you know, offensive linemen, they make their, their reputations known. They make their money playing up against good defenses and game action. I think Michigan's offensive line is even better this season, even if it isn't reflected in the awards and the stats. So that's, that's my prediction. Steve, what, what do you got for the offensive line? I don't know who, but I think they'll end up with two first team, all big 10 performers up front this season. Don't know who could be. That's what, and that's the, maybe the beauty of it. I guess if you're a Michigan fan, right. Right. Probably for the four returning I'll say although a team is a returning starter, he started for Virginia, but you know, basically a guy that would have been a returning starter, let's say. Uh, but of the four guys, uh, Hayes, Keegan, Oluwatimi, Zinter, I think two of those guys end the season as uh, first team All Big Ten. Okay, I, I, I think I think two is possible though. Yep. You know, Ryan Hayes, I think, has the reputation. A lot of times, those the All Big Ten for the offensive line is like who was really hyped heading into the season and didn't disappoint. And I think sure. Ryan Hayes has that, that kind of buzz around him. I think um, Olu Oluwatimi arguably does. And then I think Zach Zinter would probably be, cause I think he got on a second team for one of the second teams last year. So I, I, I kind of like that one. I think it's very, very possible. Now that, that would be obviously a great sign for Michigan too. Absolutely. Um, that would, probably entail in, in them having 11 wins at the end of the regular season or just being such a dominant run game, except for like one game of the year or something like that. All right. Anyways, that's going to do it for this offensive line preview. Hopefully you enjoyed it for Steve Lorenz. I'm Zach Shaw. Be sure to check out all of our stories, including some stories about the offensive line over at the Michigan insider.com Michigan.247 sports.com. This has been the Wolverine 24 seven podcast. We'll see you next time.